Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Had a fun episode for you guys today. What do we have? I was looking at the, the description of, usually I write a description and it's the right. same description as last week. Uh, voicemails, news, and a bit of ranting well, here, here and there. Well, that's because you just didn't remove that. Yeah, I know. That but it's from last week. But, but it is but it's the same. Still accurate. <laughs> Correct. It is yes. still exactly still applies. the same. Um, I, <laughs> do you have a, an update for you on the house stuff? Oh, good. I had a lot of people messaging me being concerned for you. They're concerned. My my house is still there. Okay, good. It's still there. Did you fix anything? I have fixed nothing. I okay. did order some stuff on Amazon to fix it. I I bought. Why you, not just go to the hardware store? Because it was like late, and, <laughs> and it's twenty five minutes away. It's thirty minutes away. I don't live okay. in suburban hell like you do. I know, but like everything you, you can you, just buy it. You leave the house every once in a while. Yeah, to come here. That's it. That's pretty much okay. it. Otherwise, I'm just pretty much at home. Uh, yeah, so the house didn't burn down, so that's good. I brought you a gift that, oh. that I left at home. Nice. So you're going to have to imagine this. Okay. I bought you mm-hmm. a ground tester. Okay. From Klein Tools. It's a really nice ground tester. You plug it into the outlet, yeah. and it tells you if you have a ground or not. I thought that would be something that would <laughs> that would put your mind at ease. I love it. I love this. So it's, it's at my house, though. So okay. It's, it's, I tested it on a few things. Some things in my house have a ground. Some, <laughs> some things don't. Some things don't. Oh, good. And lo and behold, the house is still there. And yeah, it has for not, now. has not spontaneously combusted. It will anymore. just be really, really bad if your house does burn down. And then everything <laughs> is on record of you being like, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no question about that. So I uh, did some work in the garage. Okay. Um, first of all, I spent a lot of time cleaning the garage mm. which is you know i always would walk out there last time i was out there what did i do i turned yeah. the heat off and walked away you remember yeah i do because yeah. the compression test came back bad oh yeah and then i found bad out that i still bears. owed ten thousand dollars on the 9-11 so yeah. i just was like light off heat Done. off shit can the Done. whole program don't care and i was sitting there the other day and i was working on overcrust stuff and i finished and i was i was like okay what am i going to do now nap time or clean the garage there's no such thing as nap time <laughs> nap time is a waste of time if you have if you need to take naps yes you're either ill uh-huh or you're boring what, what if you are, just those are the two things have a schedule that makes you get up really early or something and like you don't to get enough sleep like to go like something to go to brunch or something no that's the whole point of brunch chris i see you have it listed here. i do do you, do you want to talk about I it i do want to talk about brunch it's brunch is a it is stupid uh-huh uh, it's basically breakfast for people that have the luxury of sleeping in on a Sunday morning, but don't want anybody to know that they're just lazy. So they call it brunch. Like it's like its own little club. It's it's the <laughs> brunch is the P car of breakfast. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I, you did send that to me, and I was like, that's probably appropriate. I, no brunch. Okay. It's a, it's an elitist thing. What if Any, I just said anybody I'm, working retail or anything like that doesn't get to go to brunch? Well, that's do you do you know that like service weekend is a thing, right? Service People's Weekend, you've never heard of this? What is that? If you work at a bar or you're in service or anything yeah. like that, yep. you usually will work the weekend because that's a busy part, and then usually you'll get like Monday, Tuesday off as, oh, as okay. a service weekend. Yeah, that way like you, don't actually, of, like, you don't actually get to hang out like, on the weekend with all the with all the who the people that drive well, no, their like, P car to brunch. You don't have to associate with that. That's great for you, Jake. Yeah. Because then you don't have to intermingle with those, those people. Plebeians, yes. Those people. They, they need to serve me. Exactly. Yes. Brunch is stupid. Just so call it what breakfast. If I just called it breakfast. Perfect. <laughs> That's it. That's okay. all you got to do. It's breakfast. Okay. It's so yes. Brunch it's is Sunday, l- and it's later than usually what you'd consider breakfast because what do you do? You sleep on on Sunday. It's great. What time do you have brunch? 
Brunches generally ten to noon. Okay, so once it becomes noon, it is lunch, and you're having breakfast for lunch. Okay. Okay, so it's, it is lunch. Brunch is just a word that you use uh-huh. to be funny and coy with your other brunch-eating brethren. <laughs> That's all it is. Brunch brothers. <laughs> yeah, brunch brethren, because yes. it's like some sort of cult or weird thing. I. It's just and breakfast. And a lot of times, you know, you, you have a mimosa or a Bloody Mary. It's fine. It's, is that still breakfast? Sure, why not? Okay. I don't care. Just, <laughs> Like, clearly, what? you do not. No, well, clearly I don't. But what what is the point of calling it brunch? It's very specific, and usually the places it's you go very to, inspecific. That's no. the point. Here's the thing: usually the places you Somewhere go to, to get brunch will specifically lunch. have a brunch menu, right? So it's specified. Oh, so it's you not have a breakfast your, menu. It's a brunch menu. You are so usually special. Only on Sundays. You're so special. From like ten to one. You're so special that you get your own little menu. Yeah. Yeah, full of breakfast items. Right. And alcohol. That's the key, isn't it? Yes. The alcohol. Yes. It makes you feel better about being drunk because it's a special <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's yeah, great. exactly. Brunch is stupid. I will always enjoy brunch and not even ashamed of it. Did you see the pictures I posted of the... How come you've never invited me to brunch? Do you want to come to brunch this weekend? No, I don't. I will That's not why. go to brunch. That's why. That's <laughs> stupid. It's just dumb. It is, it's just oh, dumb. Careful, you might enjoy it. Uh, ooh, you got to be careful about that. <laughs> yeah, can't have Chris enjoy anything. No, nope, no, nope, I got to be careful. Got to be grumpy about it. I don't drink. I know. So it's like the, the idea of coming up with an event that makes it okay for me to drink in the you morning. You were born in Wisconsin. This should not be a foreign concept to you. Uh, most people <laughs> most people in Wisconsin don't need an excuse to drink right, before lunch. Right, but every event in Wisconsin centers around drinking. Yeah, so but I'm they don't need it's brunch. It's not a foreign concept. They don't need brunch. Wisconsinites don't need brunch to drink before noon. They just do it. Right. They I don't just need call an brunch excuse. beers then. So the uh, I took the head off the 911 on my mind, obviously. I took the head off the Mercedes. Yeah, fully. The, the bo- bottom half of the The head. bottom half of the head to find out what was going on. But first, I cleaned the whole garage. It took me like all day. It was brutal. That's awesome. Good so for the, morale, good as for, we would say. Good for morale. Garage is clean. It has the worst condition in terms of just regular wear and tear cylinders of anything I've ever the Mercedes. the Mercedes. So once you took the head off, you were just like, oh, there's, there's that's evidence clearly of, the problem. There's evidence of broken ring. There's evidence of piston slap. There's mm-hmm. evidence of this thing. I think it has, I'm looking at the mileage on there, and it says 78,000 miles on the odometer. So it's like 378,000. I think it's probably 378,000 miles. <laughs> oh my God. But here's the deal. I found, I found an engine. Mm-hmm. It has 47,000 miles on it. And it has a hundred, or it could be three hundred and forty-seven thousand. No, it's got really, or it could have one hundred forty-seven thousand miles. Yeah. I don't know, but the compression came back at one hundred fifty psi per cylinder across the board. Across the board, and it has Good. a warranty. Oh, what kind so, of warranty is this? Like six months. Okay, just to make but, sure you're not putting it in and it explodes. Right, right. So that's gonna, awesome. I can put it in. I can do my own compression test, and if it doesn't meet, I, you know, like they can take it back. Or where is this coming from? Arizona. Mm. So it's coming from a dry climate. That's good. Yeah. Uh, they took pictures of it for me before I got it. It's super clean. It was covered nice. in it was covered in dust. Right? So that you know they didn't just pressure wash it, right? So I they did pressure wash it for another set of photos. Okay. That they sent me, but I did see it before it was pressure washed, and it was still clean. Unless it was not pressure washed ten years ago when it was right, put and then there. It was sat there. So the story of the car was the car had been impounded. Okay. 
and basically goes to the junkyard to get impound. It's le- yeah. a lot of a lot of places like a towing place also has a junkyard, and vice yeah. versa, yep. and they have an impound lot. Yeah, and then if it sits at the impound lot long enough. Yeah. It gets uh, bonded. Right. Do you know what bonded is? I do. It's where basically you don't own it anymore. The shop owns it, and you have to pay the shop in order to take possession back of it. Yes, but right? for it to be retitled in the, in their name, uh-huh. it has to get put up like as a by the sheriff. It has to be put in the public record mm. that the someone is taking over ownership of it. It's going to be getting a new title. Right, and then Just, you can contest that. You can or contest whatever. it or whatever. So uh, this car got bonded, and then nobody came and got it. So then mm. I don't even know what. So apparently it probably wasn't in an accident or anything. It yeah, was it was not. just something that just got impounded. It was towed or whatever. What uh, what specific vehicle, chassis, et cetera? From a 1975-280. Okay. Which is basically, I think it's going to look a lot like, yeah, I don't know. I don't nice. know when they stopped making my car. I thought they stopped making my car in 73, but it says this is a 75. So I don't know if that's like a, it came out of an S-Class. I'm not sure. Whatever. Um, so anyway, so that motor's coming. And I got really excited when I found a video, I sent you the video. <laughs> I got really excited because nobody does anything with these engines, these right. cars, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So some dude in Timbuktu, Netherlands, yeah. or whatever, yep. built a W123, which is the successor to my car, the W114. Yep. It's a slightly bigger car. It's a heavier car. Oh, okay. But it did come with this engine. Yep. This guy put the cams that I've got in the car. The rally cams. The rally cams. Yep. The three, it's like a... Uh, 270 300 cam yes so that's the duration or the duration yeah. or whatever. which i realized why i was so confused with your camshaft regrinding description yeah from several weeks back yes it's not just the lobe that gets reground it's the entire circumference is smaller yes that you failed to explain that and my logic didn't keep up i'm sorry i wasn't so able yes to everything's smaller to your, to so I, yes it makes sense all right so Anyway, so I saw this video. I find like, oh, I get to see it. So in the vi- description, it's like um, stock exhaust, which is mine, okay. which is uh, f- how many how many inches is forty millimeters? Let me look it up. Well, sixty is two and a half. Forty millimeters in inches, one and a half inches. Okay, so I have it's two manifolds, and then it's the dual out all the way back. Exhaust. No, no, it's two of them. Oh, okay. so it's essentially equi- equivalent to a three inch exhaust. Yeah, plenty of okay. it can breathe. Right? Yeah, it can okay, breathe. sure. So I and this is the same manifolds that AMG used. As time went on, they changed the manifolds out to a single design that sucks. Interesting. Anyway, so I've got these same manifolds AMG uses. Yep. This guy put the cams in, which are similar to AMG rally cams or the the Mercedes cams that they would have put in the rally cars, things like this. And he had a standard intake manifold with CIS. Oh, wow. Okay. What did you think of that thing? It moved. Yeah. It freaking moved. Unlike the car before having no compression. Correct. Yes. So I'm really excited to put the cams in, have the carburetors on there. And I'm like. So you don't think the car ever had full power? Not a chance. Not by looking at those cylinder walls. Yeah. They had like dark spots all over them where the piston had been slapping around a long time. Got it. Remember, this thing was owned by Ed. Yeah, I remember Ed's Ed's Benz. Benz. This is Ed's Benz. It's the rusty thing that he drove every day. Yep. For like 40 years. Yep. And it looked like it and it drove like it. Okay. So it always ran. It always started right up, which I guess is like a testament to Mercedes or whatever. Sure. But the thing always just kind of worked. So the motor is in in transit? In transit, apparently. It's in, like, the tracking numbers for freight are weird. Mm-hmm. You put the tracking number in, it says it, the, the whole uh, thing was created by Betty. So okay. Betty created Betty, the... Betty got the ticket going. Got the ticket going. And now it's, it's, it says Phoenix in dock at Phoenix. Okay. So it's just so it's waiting. at the dock. It's waiting for someone to just be like, hey, I'm going that way. 
Right. The whatever freight, like the guy will drop it off on his way to wherever. Yeah, there's else he's a going. whole market for like they call it less than truckload freight. It's very fascinating. The whole trucking thing is a little weird. Have you ever put it's a quote in for having your car shipped? Oh yeah. And it's Several like times. and it's like a million phone calls from a million different yep. dudes. It's very antiquated to me, it seems. Like, it should just all be a single online repository marketplace, and it's just it supply kind of is. demand. It kind yeah, of is. Yeah, but it's still not organized that well. Like, why are you getting phone calls instead of just, like, boop, there's one central I there's place? Both. I think there's both. I think, like, if you work at a dealership, and you're yeah. trying to get cars picked up from around the nation. You probably have a more streamlined. But this is, like, I've had, like, when I put my boat up, it was just a dude with a, tr- with a truck came okay. and picked up my boat trailer and delivered it down to the guy who bought it in Georgia. That was it. So that dude's sure. not on some like conglomerate. No, I know. Thing. But yeah, it is weird trucking that whole. So that, that motor will be coming. I thought I ordered. I might order valve springs. Okay, because we're gonna take the cams out again anyway. Right. So I thought maybe I would put the heavy duty valve springs in there, okay. which would allow me to rev it up to like seven thousand seven thousand two hundred. Yep. Which I think it's, I think the thing's gonna make some power. I'm really excited. But from the video I saw, based on what I drove, <laughs> yep. um, even before I put the the Webers on. Right. Just as a stock motor, I was like, yeah. Ooh. When I drove it as Ed's band, Ed's Benz. Benz yeah, I, like, I remember driving. I remember that being too, like, well, like, it's. That's not very exciting. I'm like, well, it's the 60s. You know, things, you know. Taking but context. then if you look at the numbers, it should have somewhere, be, depending on what motor is, 150 to 180 horsepower. Yeah, that's And it's a 2,500 pound car. It shouldn't be that slow. No, it should be pretty. Quick. Should feel good. Yeah. Anyway, so what are you working on? Anything? Um. Yeah. What was I going to ask you, though? I had a question about that still. Mm. Oh, transmission. What have you decided to do there? Just uh, bolt it up to what we got and right now I'm just going to bolt it up to what I've got okay. because I can't afford to What do about that. the rear end? Did um, you already do that? I have not done that yet. I'm going to leave it now okay. and put the new motor in okay. and see what it's like. Oh, you're saying because you of it, might want taller gearing. Yeah, maybe if it makes enough power, that gearing is going to be fine. So I'm going to leave it there for now. I'm going to put the motor in. You already bought the rear end though, right? Yeah, but it needs to be rebuilt and done. Okay. So I'm not going to do all the work on that if I don't need to. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, I just don't want to do extra work. I'm going to do one thing at a time. I went on like a, okay, here's here's a side tangent. Check. I was doing the the live stream mm-hmm. of working on the car yesterday. And a bunch of people were being like, tell me all the things you're going to do mm-hmm. to this car. Tell me all the things you're going to do. And I, and I, it, it's very easy to go on the internet and go, wow, what's the formula for making this car faster, this car good right. or whatever. But that doesn't exist for this. It doesn't exist for this. But also it's a bad idea, even if it does exist, because you don't have. Think about when you diagnose a carburetor. Okay. Okay. And it's not doing what you want it to do. Right. Do you pull the whole carburetor apart and put everything back together with new parts? Not usually the first step. What do you usually do? You do one change at a time. Sure. And see if it solves the problem that you were having. Should do. Yes. Sure. And the whole chassis of the car really, to me, is not that much different. You do one thing at a time. Sure, yeah. Like, dudes do this all the time. You can tell by looking on Instagram yeah. or or Pelican Parts or <laughs> Renlist Rebuild or whatever. Rebuild everything under the car. You, they just go, I want to buy everything! And then they buy every single thing that Elephant Racing and is available <laughs> for Pelican Parts, and they slap it on the car, and they're like, this thing's great! In reality, the car fucking sucks because there's way too much done, and it's so far removed, and nothing works in harmony with anything else. Because yeah. they just rolled the car through the parts catalog. <laughs> and one of the reasons why, and this, I think I talked about this with Drew a little bit, is a lot of people will drive my 911, yep. and they go, wow. It seems greater than the sum of its parts. It does. They go, wow, what have you done? 
how how what is the formula here? This right. is one of the greatest driving early yeah. 911s I've ever driven. Yeah. And the reason for that is is there's a lot of different things done, but each thing was an incremental process of wow, I have a little too much bump steer. Okay. I'm going to add a bump steer kit. Yep. One thing, I raised the steering rack. That was the first thing I did. Yep. Next thing, what do you do? Okay, it still has too much bump steer. Turbo tie rods. Still has too much bump steer because it's too low. Yeah. RSR spindles. Yeah. Put those on there. Okay, bump steer's gone. So I'm able to like figure out like what the car needs one thing at a time Rather than versus just, just buying like it throwing, throwing parts the at the thing. Things, yeah. And then you don't really know, you didn't go on a journey with the car to cater it to your own personal taste of how you want it to drive anyway. And that's you kind also of, don't know what each thing did or does. You know what I mean? Because exactly. it's also a learning experience. Totally. Right? You know exactly what bump steer feels like and what that fixed it or didn't fix it. Whereas if you shoot all new suspension, everything from coilovers all the way down. Right. You don't know exactly what each component is really And doing. I guarantee, and I was watching some of the Formula One testing stuff, and these guys <laughs> go out there and they've got like these arrow things that sit on the back of the tires. What the hell are those? It's to measure the airflow. It's, yeah. It's got like, like a great. Yeah, it's great. got a bunch of sensors on it to measure airflow. But they'll do that. And they're yeah. not, when they do that, then they're going to change something. They change the arrow. They don't also change the arrow, lower right. the car, adjust right. the camber, do all these different things. It's, it's kind of like well, maybe once. if they did, it wouldn't bounce so much. <laughs> so what have you been doing on your car? So I got oh, more of the story. Yes. One thing at a time. Okay. Just do, it takes longer, but it is, a, it's cheaper. When are we getting this motor? I don't know. I don't know how long this takes. Probably within a couple weeks, I would think. Okay, so you're immediately you're going to clean it up, do cams, maybe some seals on shit. And... Yeah, I might I might take the valve springs out, do the valve springs. Okay. And I might do valve stem seals. Sure. Because it's been sitting around forever. Can you do that without pulling the head off? Yes. Yeah, yeah. you just, so take just do the everything cams on out. the top. Yep, you just do everything that makes right sense. there. And maybe, like, I'll, uh, I'll probably clean the block up. Maybe You know what, what, what I really like is when you have an old car, I want people to... I want to be able to pop the hood on that yep. and it just be like, ah, and it's just, just, but just the engine. Right. But yeah, just the I know engine. What you're talking about. It's like a, like if you were to go to the dump and get, find a jewelry box, uh -huh. but then go to the store and buy a really nice ring and put it in the jewelry box and you would open up and you have this super decrepit yep. jewelry box, but there's this amazing little jewel of a sure, thing in there. Yeah. That's kind of what I'd like to do is, is. So everything's going to be really clean and yeah. nice. So it's not, this isn't an overnight thing. I'm going to take the pulleys off. I'm going to have. So I was going to ask, does this new motor come with all the ancillaries? Do we have water pump on it, alternator, anything else? I don't. Or do we have to move everything It's got over? a fuel system on it. Um, I, I know I, I replaced all that stuff and everything right. that's on there is going to be old. So I have a new water pump. I have a new, uh, but fuel you have pump. to take I it have, off the existing motor and put it on and, and move it over and I'll do that. So but I'm going to sure do you like, order gaskets for that. Oh yeah, it. absolutely. Or, you know, you can make your own gaskets too, which yes. I've, I've done is you just, you know, put the thing on the yeah, but gaskets are like 50 cents and that's tedious. Yeah, but also it's fifty cents plus eight dollars in shipping, and sometimes you forget a gasket because you're yeah. ordering so many different things that you can just put the part on there, and you can you can go to AutoZone and you can buy gasket material, I know. and you can yeah. make a gasket that's every bit damn as fucking bit as I've good as the, what you order. And everything yeah. else. The only thing that sucks when making gaskets is cutting the bolt holes out. Yeah, you ever you know what you that? use is you use uh, shell casings. Shell casings, or like if you're making leather parts. Yeah, it's like if you're making anything that needs a yep. hole through it, like a leather punch. Yep, you can yeah, use those. those that too. works out really good for yep. for doing that. Anyway, what are you up to? What are you doing? Uh, I saw you keep posting pictures of your turbo, and, yeah, but it's I got never a turbo installed. And it's really nice. Great. Then that's it. <laughs> that's it. No, I'm waiting to put it on because I need a couple more seals. I got the oil pan back together on that. We got I don't know some other stuff done there. The I. Almost done finishing up the wire, the firewall. I just hadn't worked on it in a long time. Okay. And the problem is it's a very convex 
like two different dimensions of what I'd call like a corner. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not just a simple curved piece. There's a, there's, it's got a multiple, curves. like a decreasing or radius type of yeah, situation. Yeah. So, like, I basically need like a metal shrinker and I need to get a hammer and a bean bag to get it like the perfect shape. Yeah. But instead of doing any of that, I just kind of got it roughed in. Yeah. And I started at one quarter and just start stitching it and just banging it into place oh. as I'm stitching it. I did that on the 911 sometimes too. That's yeah. common. I, I mean, yeah. that, that's... I just, I was going to ask if that's. No, yeah. I think that's acceptable, especially when. Parts that you order from uh, restoration design <laughs> don't actually don't fit. actually fit, yeah. even though they cost a million fucking yes. dollars. You think that the parts you order from them would fit? They don't. Yeah, mind blowing to me. <laughs> so there's a lot of times where I had to like tack weld something on and then like and then hammer it. it yeah. And, like, so there's a lot of tweaking it. going on. That's normal. That's I great. I only started one fire on the interior. Good. That's. I mean, normally you would take the carpet out if you're going to be all the carpet is out. The problem is it is so tucked in there. And there's this weird, stupid foam that I cut all the Sound way around. or whatever. Yeah, and I, I, I gave myself a big margin. Here's a question. But it, it still We've been talking about this car for like a year and a half. Yep. And the, initially, the plan was to just get rid of the car. You sure. were just going to fix it up. You're going to get rid of the car. First of all, you're going to take it to uh, Ruchelos Rally. Yeah. And that didn't work out. And I think it bummed you out a lot. Yeah. And you were, you were like, I'm done. I'm going to get this motor. I'm going to put it in there. And we're down the road. Yeah. The other day, yeah. you told me, I really like this car. I, I really liked it, but I however, well, okay. you've never driven the damn thing. Do you, what do are you, wanna, you doing? Do you want to know the real reason? For what? For this? For what? For like Putting actually the, spending money and doing all these upgrades and stuff? Because you're a one percenter and you can? Well, th- yes, but the real reason is Colin, <laughs> our friend. Ah. Because he's the one who comes over and helps me with it. And he's I like, well, it. you really, since the turbo should probably get a rebuild, which maybe it didn't need, you should just do the hybrid that this guy does and make it bigger and better and do this that. Is a, this and is the danger well of having this. an engineer come over to your house. 100%. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So everything is, is going to be brand sparkling new on this thing. So you're thinking... That you might like it. I Yeah, I, I hope maybe I will like it. It's going to be a lot faster than your 911. Oh, it is going to be real fast. It's going to be a lot faster. So this, I was watching... This turbo will support 370 wheel. Yeah, but... Oh, Jay, that's a lot of power. And it weighs, what, 22? I'm not sure. I have no 100 idea. pounds? Tell me about the Drivers Club. Well, if you head over to Overcrest Productions dot com slash drivers club you can support the show for as little as five dollars a month you get access to exclusive content i have a new uh overcrest short brewing right now we did send me really cool racing series from the 60s that i found and it's it's awesome um yeah so if you like a lot of these deep dives in history or maybe interviews a lot of times we have things that we don't put on the show and we put them out there just exclusively for drivers club members exclusive episodes extended what would it's director's cut of a lot of the interviews uh you can get access early to merch or discounts or early access to rally applications it's all really good stuff and what else do you get? You get access to, you can watch the show right now live show. as yeah. we're recording Reminds and chat me, with us. I, uh, I definitely forgot to, uh, to, to do that. To, to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, Sorry about that. Most times. Most times. Most times. Yeah. And for as little $5 a month, you get to support the creators that you actually like. We hopefully give you more energy than a Red Bull. And Ooh. that costs about the same. All right. So I wanted to recognize some of our, our, our new guys. Okay. Our new. We have Kashi Dion Lee. Uh, team principal level. That's fucking awesome. Thank you so much for that support. We have Thank Atlas. You so much. Atlas, uh, Ben Milano, Charlie Marcus, 
Amare Ruiz, Kyle Statsman, Eric Stevens, Ben Chester are the uh, our newest Drivers Club members. You guys, thank you for supporting the show. Um, I, I just, I can't, there's no like words beyond thank you that I can do. I love you, maybe. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Close your eyes as you're driving your car. If you're a Drivers Club member only, this is only for you, everybody else. Turn Everyone else, tune turn, out. Turn the volume down. I love you. There you go. That's that's how it's much I love creepy. you guys. And, I, yeah. and it is super creepy. Yep. But I do really appreciate it. And the rest of you, we appreciate um, your cheapskates because yes, it costs correct. $5. Yes. You know, it's it's almost nothing to to support the show and and keep the lights on over here. It'd be great. And still, to this day, we had have we've been pouring all the money back into the show, back into the rally. Yeah, we don't take payouts. We yes. we don't get paid for this. All right, Jake. Do you want to talk about news? I do. What have you got for me? Well, it's hard to believe. So the 992 generation is the current 911 generation. Yep. And apparently we're already coming to the end of that model run because they save the GT2 RS for the end. For the end. Yeah. Well, there's a new GT2 RS coming out. Great. Yeah, Porsche will be saving the best for last by crowning the 992 generation 911 with another GT2 RS. These people from Zuffenhausen have long confirmed a hybrid version, and Autocar reports Excuse me? that the flagship version Excuse me. will be electrified to create the most powerful version in the sports car's illustrious history. It's allegedly arriving in 2026. We have a little bit of time here. And that'll be over a half century since the original rear engine machine debuted. Stop right there, criminal scum. Nobody breaks the law on my watch. I remember. What? I had to go back and look. Oh, okay. In 2020, this is a quote from Oliver Bloom. Okay. CEO, Porsche. Around 50% of all Porsche vehicles could be sold with an electric or hybrid drive by 2025. However... Porsche will always offer combustion engines, particularly in the 911, but we can't stop the onward march of electromobility. Right. So they're still offering combustion engine, Chris. I I just want to put, I just want to police this a little bit. I know. This still fits within what he said. Yes, he was was vague enough. I predict there is no way that Porsche keeps the 911 as just a... Uh, well, they as a hybrid. can't. They won't be able to sell it in 2035. Well, I think maybe hybrids kind of. Do hybrids? I don't think you can have a gasoline We're going to have to look car. that up. I'm gonna, I need to know if, if hybrids fall under that. No, I don't think so. It's electric only, Chris. Well, they'll be able to blame that then. This this yes. marketing ploy in 2020 where Oliver is talking about, we'll never do that. Do you want to learn more? Based on the 911 Turbo with this flat 6 3.8 liter twin turbo engine, the GT2 RS is set to adopt a mild hybrid powertrain with technology derived from the new 963 LMDH Endurance race car. It'll trickle down the range closer to the end of the decade with an electric motor supplementing the internal combustion engine. Okay, that's great. Go ahead. It's Porsche fun. is looking for ways to trim fat in the same vein as the Wysock package offered on the old 911 GT2 RS. The weight penalty will literally not exceed 100 kilograms or 220 pounds. My God, look at you fat bastards. I bet none of you can even find your own penis. Okay, Jake. Yeah. I had to look this number up. Okay. Weiss, what is the Wysock edition, first of all? Wysock edition was like Package, the lightweight whatever. version of the GT2 RS. Okay. So the weight penalty for adding the hybrid is how much? 220 pounds. Uh, yeah, I guess okay. you're right. Okay. So it's right there. 220 pounds. That's It will not exceed a 220 pounds. This is their metric that they're really proud of. 
Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I mean, you got batteries. And yeah, that's fine. So 220 pounds. And they're comparing it to the YSOC package. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're saying, just like the YSOC package, we're only, wait a second, they're adding weight. Right. What did they take off for the YSOC package? I actually don't know. 49 pounds. That that's was- all they were able to pull off. Yeah. Is 49 pounds. And they're proud of adding 220 pounds? <laughs> this is like advertising a diet soda, but with more calories. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is absolutely... But it's higher caffeine. <laughs> I guess, yeah. It's, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me, but I wish they... I, the marketing is always kind of devious, right? It's yeah. it's dubious well, at best. They don't need any of these models. Let's be clear. It's a 911, and then you could have a 911 Turbo. Oh, but wait, Chris, you could have a 911 GT2. Or oh, you could wait, have, wait, wait. <laughs> you could have a 911 GT2 RS. Wait, wait, wait. You could have Dude, a there's 911. 30, there's 37 GT2, models. Stop, stop. RS, Visoc, plus who knows whatever There's else. like 37,000 yeah, different things. It's all marketing. Things. Of course it is. I just, it's dubious marketing. They're comparing it to the Visoc package. Yeah. But it's... 400% heavier than the, what they actually removed. Well, it's a much bigger car than the 991 or the 997 before that or the 996 before that. They just keep getting bigger. Yeah, I guess. They, yeah. Everybody can enjoy their, their diet GT2 RS with more calories, I guess. Chris, do you have a Golf R? I do. And it is the last of a breed, I believe. That's right. So following a mid-cycle facelift planned for the current model in 2024, the Volkswagen Golf will lead to see a ninth generation. I love my Volkswagen Golf R. My wife. you? Volkswagen Golf R. Yes. My wife is, has all the cool stuff now, too. Did you know that I used to have a Rolex? I had a really nice... I thought you have two. I have one. Had one. You know who I sold it to? Who? My wife. Wait, really? I literally, to, to get the money for the Wait. 911, I sold my Rolex and resized it, and now my wife has it. It's her watch. So she paid you money for the Rolex so I could get the get the 911 figured out. <laughs> Yeah, this this is these are the <laughs> things that have happened of, to me. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I thought you had the the Glouse something Glouse one where it's not magnetic. Oh, I would love a Milgoss, but no, I do not have. I one of had, those. I saw it on your wrist. No, you didn't. <laughs> Trust me, you didn't. I can't afford. I one. I can picture it. I'm glad that you would think that much of me, but no, I, it was I'm, a quartz Milgoss. There's no such thing. Hundred percent. Okay, this is like the most vivid dream I've ever had. Then. Okay. Well, you. I agreed. I, it I is know a very vivid exactly dream. Exactly what it looks like. It was here, in the studio. I've. Ha- but it, it was, was an quartz. oyster quartz. Yeah, but it, they didn't make a Milgoss oyster or a quartz watch. They only made one quartz watch ever, and it was the oyster quartz. And I loved it because it had the case shape was great. It has a very unique band. I'm so confused right now. So I'm kind of sad. Maybe I can buy it back from her later. Okay. What does that have to do with your golf R? Oh, uh, I was just thinking all my wife, good. the cool shit my wife. Yeah. The golf R is hers. And speaking of vivid dreams, you apparently had a dream that I had an R32 I back. did. I did. I, I, I can't R32. remember much of it, so I can't really tell a story. But that was the best R. They just sold, Did you see any. the one that had 97 miles on yeah, it? Yeah, I think we have it later in the story, but we can talk no, about it. it. Okay. But it, was, it sold for <laughs> like around $100,000. It was over 100000 Yeah, and it didn't look like I'm sure it looks well it's, i'm sure it's pristine factory fresh it, nah, it doesn't really oh, look right because there was a, a picture of the underside and, and like the exhaust was corrosion. all checked and yeah it's got some a little corrosion rusty. on it but the thing is is that the guy never titled it oh he never so titled the technically, car technically like new. a new car anyway go ahead that's weird okay so golf r uh it, we're gonna have a ninth generation later it'll do away with the combustion engine completely of course a purely electric model position below the id3 
Uh, the folks from Wolfsburg have already announced the GTI and R hot hatches will soldier on in the EV era. Oh, surprise. Well, yeah. there you go. And a new report from Autocar states the latter version is already planned. As previously reported. As we know from uh, talking to Dimitri, all this stuff is planned out years and years ahead. Oh, yes. The ID2, riding on the upcoming front-wheel drive-based MEB Plus platform, could ultimately get the Golf moniker and spawn a GTI. Mm. The British magazine has it on good authority that new architecture is being engineered to accommodate dual-motor setup, thus opening the possibility for an all-power R. All paw? Yeah, terrible. This is this, stupid yeah, writing. Right. Yeah. All wheel drive. I obviously did not write this. If, if they have two motors, then if, yeah. they're of course going to call it the R, right? Right. So an all wheel drive system Although is being considered I, I, for I a crossover almost, version. You're going to see Passats that say four motion in their dual motor. You know, they're, right. they're, that's, they're, their dual motor will be four motion. Yes. Even though, even though it doesn't have anything to do with Halidex or anything like that. No, I, you're right. Um, <laughs> what? Spawn. Just the fact that it's going to spawn, yeah, it's potentially like a, another model. Yes, like it's they're birthing their own future counterparts. Yeah. Like the the ID three is is literally birthing a golf. R. Yeah. Do you care anything about like Volkswagen unveiled an ID X concept? It was a hot hatch with all wheel drive and three hundred twenty nine horsepower, and it did zero to sixteen five point three, which is good. A production version carrying the GTX Suffit. No, it's not. It's not. But good. it's heavy. Yeah. Compared to like everything else now, that's yeah. not that great. I don't care. Anyway, so while, yes, they're going to keep like call the new Golf an R. By name only. It, yeah. I, but what are they, like I, like I, I would said, argue, what are they supposed to do? Right. They have no choice. But they have no choice. Although it's pretty clear that they've spent, you know, billions of dollars, well, millions of dollars lobbying for all of this so that they could have their plans not end up as a giant pile of keeping crying shit. Right, because it'd be pretty bad if they invested in all this. And then we go, oh, you know what? Just kidding. We're going to keep gas around. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <sighs> we talked a little bit about Formula One. And yes. we know we're watching Drive to Survive and all of this stuff that I am frankly bored with. Yeah, yeah. We, we, later. we already talked about that. Uh, well, no, we didn't. We will talk about that That's in right. the next episode. Yes. Yeah, uh, well, Formula One CEO Stefano Domenicali. Domenicali. He has it passed. The fresca. Domenicali. He has expressed his desire to keep the internal combustion engine alive in motorsports top echelon, despite the push by some automakers and governments to fully embrace electric vehicles. I apologize as you read through this because I had to go through and find what this guy actually said because no American publication reprinted what the dude actually said. They just took the headline. Really? Of, Formula One will never go electric. So I had to go through, okay. find the fucking original well, newspaper and translate what this dude actually had to Quote. say. Quote. Formula One has the biggest and most important companies in the world as sponsors, from Amazon to Rolex, from Pirelli to Lenovo. All multinationals are very attentive to reputation and sustainability. Do you think they would associate their name with ours if we were really that bad? Formula One is credible in its energy transition towards a zero-emission world. We're constantly under public scrutiny, under lens, and this is a guarantee for all of the stakeholders. So basically, they're saying, hey, don't worry about our image. We will be... Green. We're gonna follow the green thing. We're gonna do. I'm the, sure they'll buy carbon credits or something. Well, it's it's different. Keep going. I wanted to mention why. Okay, so politics is not behaving correctly because it sets impossible goals. And this isn't. This is really interesting. Hearing him is talk this part about of the quote. Still, this is him talking. Yes. Oh, this is still part of the quote. Okay. Yeah. Quote: Politics is not behaving correctly because it sets impossible goals. And above all, in an ideological way, the electric has become an indisputable dogma. Instead, it is wrong to think that, quote, there is only one way of energy transition. Scraping all the traditional cars to embrace only electric motors is wrong. 
for many reasons. But how can a regular guy be forced to spend 30 or 40,000 euros, perhaps all his savings, because his old car is suddenly outlawed and an electric car has to pass? Hello? Yes. yes. We've been saying this for years. An electric car that still remains a mirage in 2035, there will still be 2 billion vehicles with internal combustion engines in the world. And among the traditional engines, there will still be those of Formula One. We will never go electric. All right, so that's that's basically what it comes down to. And what they're going to do is um, they're going to do synthetic fuel. Okay, which so, we've so then I had to we've go, heard about before. Yeah. So what is synthetic fuel? Synthetic fuels share the same chemical properties as as regular fuel. So then why is it green? Why is synthetic fuel green? Does yeah. because it still produces carbon dioxide. They actually capture the carbon to make the fuel out of the air. Really? Yes. We need to have a chemist here. I think it, I think so it is super a carbon recapture. Yes. But yes. Is that separate than so making the fuel or well, there, is that it like does, part it, of the process? It does take energy to create the fuel. Right. So that, that part is not necessarily, if the, if the energy made to, cre- to capture the carbon or the energy needed to capture the carbon from but, the air to make the fuel, if that energy is, is green, then it is a completely hold on though. renewable resource. Is the, the act of capturing the carbon out of the air necessary to creating this green fuel no. or is it okay no so you could make able it. to call it green fuel because they do this process Because otherwise what's well. the point got it you might as well so just if use... you buy this just know that they're also capturing it out of the air yeah so therefore you can feel fine about doing it here's here's what it costs synthetic fuel cost okay a journal of the what do you think it costs so for okay i, I just want to clarify again what is the most you would pay for a gallon of gas I think I read a quote somewhere that like $8 a gallon will force consumer behavior to change. Eight, I'm asking you, what would you... And that, that number sticks in my head. $8 is $8. a lot. Uh, a Journal of the American Chemical Society estimated that the final cost of a synthetic fuel would be $3.80 to $9.20 per gallon. That was in 2010 dollars. Okay. Adjusted for inflation, that's $5.16 to $12.50 per gallon. Hmm. Porsche, we know, is, we've talked about this before. Yep. I yep. really want to get a chemist on. I really yeah. want to talk to somebody that deals with these fuels. They're themselves looking into an e-fuels business. Recently stated prices eventually could settle around seven sixty per gallon or less. But uh-huh. just two years ago, Porsche claimed the costs were closer to $37 per gallon. Huh. You know what's interesting, though? All of those numbers you quoted... We're right in that wheelhouse of $8. Yes. Well, they, they nobody's going to buy it if it's, if it's right. not for and that. And I, I must have looked at that study. Um, so this is, when I look at the $37 per gallon to create it, I think if we get to like 2035, what does he say? There's 2 billion vehicles still on the road with combustion yeah. engines. Yep. If those 2 billion vehicles are going to be forced to buy synthetic fuels, the price will come down a lot. Because there's going to be a lot of... Right. You'll have economies of scale. It's not going to be a boutique fuel anymore. No, it'll be economies Uh, of scale. The question is, can we do it at scale? Is it possible to make this fuel at a scale where it can replace um, or at least supplement? Like, just think about when you go to the the gas station, they have like E85, right? Right. Yep. So there's no way that all of the vehicles on the road could run on E85. There's not enough corn. Okay, there's See, not there's yes. not enough of the of of the corn and the resources to make the fuel. So, are we going to be able to have enough of this synthetic fuel that it can supplement in a way the regular combustion engine fuels hydrocarbons? That's what I was going to ask about is what what actually makes a synthetic fuel? Obviously, it's not made from you know 
oil, crude oil that we pump out of the ground. Right. So what what is it made out of? Is it just E85 that's also combined with something else? What's that? This the the synthetic fuel? Yeah. The carbon is literally captured from the air. Okay, but that, you're not just going to take carbon and make put it in I don't know fuel. the process. That's the way we need to talk to We somebody. do need a chemist. But um, I'm, so I could sit there and I could copy-paste the process, but I would like to talk to somebody. We'll figure it out. Okay. We'll get somebody down. If anybody knows a guy that wants to talk about this, I'm I'm very interested in it. All right, let's get to a few voicemails. Um, I haven't listened to these yet, so hopefully, oh, okay. it's, hopefully it's not like a collection agency or something. <laughs> Chris and Jake, I want to add to uh, last week's talk of the use of PCAR. Uh, years ago, when I first showed my face at an SDCA event, all the Corvette guys, Mustang guys, whatever the case may be, would say, oh, you're PCAR, 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 PCAR. So I always felt it was like a negative thing, came from a, a mocking place. Mm. And not that I use it regularly, but when I do, I think of it in the, in the vein of, trying to take back that word and turn into <laughs> something else as opposed to the American muscle dudes or whatever mocking us Porsche owners. So, like I said, not that I use it regularly, but when I put the, those four-letter word, you know, five letters out there, or four letters, excuse me, <laughs> that's the way I view it. And the other thing I'd like to add, now we're on terms of Porsche talk, why do the English have such a hard time saying Porsche? Mm -hmm. You watch any English YouTuber, whatever the case might be, it's Porsche, 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 Porsche. All right, take care. That was uh, Adam from Checked It Out. I oh, that's, yeah. Uh, it's always great to hear I from him. And, the voice. he puts on a great event. Everybody should check it out. Check it out. They should check out, check, check it out. Check it out, check it out. Okay, so... Uh, I do like the the self deprecation. Right, I mentioned that. that a little bit before. Yeah, I, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> no, like I mean, can we be? I, let's just be honest. I don't really, yeah, th really think that's that's what things are. You know, and in terms of Porsche, Porsche, I think it just comes down to knowing. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I think it just comes down to knowing and what you're being around with, or what you're being. Uh, like I, if you grow up and someone is pronouncing basketball, basketball. You're gonna call it that's, basketball. That's not a thing. It's not a thing, but it's it's what okay. what people are gonna do is they're gonna be they're gonna whatever. If your buddy hears Porsche for the first time as Porsche, why would he go? Oh no, it's Porsche. Well, it's, also, it's, like, it's not gonna happen. You don't know for sure that it is actually Porsche. If you're everyone's saying Porsche and you say Porsche, you risk sounding very pretentious. Porsche yeah. sounds I never, more pretentious than Porsche. I never. Right, it, does. it, it, it does. really does. It does because it's. <laughs> I've I've feared that too. Yeah, it, it, Porsche is almost like like if you <laughs> no 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 sir, it's a Porsche. It's too bad you're not going to brunch. Uh, because that's, <laughs> that's about, all right. Next, let's uh, next voicemail. What have we got? Hey guys, it's Taylor from Georgia. Hey, I got a question. What is stopping a a cartooner? from utilizing something like AI, whether it's chat GPT or whatever it is, uh, what is stopping somebody from utilizing AI to create tuning opportunities for themselves to dump into a car? Let me know your thoughts. Um, tuning companies. I thought he said cartooning. Yes. Like I, so illustrations. I, I was thinking about illustration too. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that, well, it, go it, ahead. I, this is, 
So tuning is all a software mm-hmm. program. And ChatGPT and other AIs do very, very well with software development programs yep. to the point where there's a lot of like developers and coders that are like, yeah, well, why would I even do this? I could just tell it to output. Doesn't this exist already with like Holly and Megasquirt where you just, it just, we tell it what you want for fuel mixtures and it just does it. You just drive yeah, around I, and I it automatically. Mean. I don't actually know. I've never done yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 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 not like auto-tune, like the the singing one, but it's like auto-tune in your. <laughs> auto-tune. Like, <laughs> I think Holly Performance makes, makes so it the just, car. So it has the input from like your O2 sensor, your wideband, yeah. and they'll say, oh, well, we need more fuel here versus that. It's no mystery what fuel mixtures make power and what fuel mixtures make fuel economy. Yeah. Like you just, these are the ones and you right. can say, and the, and the software goes, okay, these are the, the things we can manipulate. We can manipulate ignition timing. Yep. Valve timing. Sometimes. At, well, in some cars, in a basic car, you have ignition timing mm-hmm. and you have amount of uh, air. Those are the two things that you can, and amount of fuel. fuel. Yeah. Those are the three things that you can change. Right. Right. Well, you so can't you change just say, the amount of air. You change the amount of can, fuel in. You can add the amount. Change it. That's the How throttle. How do you add air? By opening the throttle, you dumbass. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are you wrong Usually with you? Usually, the input is your right foot to the throttle, and then the fuel has to make up for that. For the more air that you're putting in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She, the computer doesn't. Con- you're so frustrating sometimes. <sighs> okay. All right. I understand what you're saying. And you're talking about drive-by wire. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We agree. Yes. Okay. Good. Fine. We'll let moving that... right along. <laughs> I think. I think it already exists. I think we're already there. I. I. I, I don't know what um, AI could add to this. Because uh, we basically it, all the variables from the the engine, like the intake air temperature, manifold air pressure, mm-hmm. coolant temperature sensor, all the sensors already exist and are giving information. To the ECU and the ECU goes, okay, based on these parameters that I'm receiving, these I'm are the changes X, I can make. I'm going to yeah. do X, Y, or Z. It doesn't and need like a creative solution. I don't think it does. I yeah. think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty basic. It's already learning. What's interesting is though, is that I, I, I always find it interesting that, um, tuners yeah. think that they can do what, <laughs> what companies that spent millions of right. dollars. They can do it better. Doing. They can do it better. They well, can do it better. Sure. But it's probably going to break. It, it might. Usually, actually, you know, what might be interesting though, on this point to take it further is, you know, a lot of newer manufacturers, it's like very difficult to break into the ECU. Yeah. Maybe that's where an AI could come in and try code to just breaking. brute force, like code break it. It's basically hacking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I was, is a, a, a application of AI. You know, if I wish there was a switch on an ECU that would just be like, be open to whatever, right? Just be open to the other possibilities. What this, what the, what be the sensors are minded, man. Because think about it. <laughs> I should be able to just put a bigger turbocharger on my car. Okay. And the ECU should go, whoa, whoa. All right, whoa. let's go, man. Look at all this extra air. Yeah. Look at all this extra fuel. Look at all this extra, or look at all this extra air. Yeah. The manifold pressure has yeah. greatly increased. Right. To control for this, we need to add this much fuel. I never the understood why. The duty cycle of your fuel injectors. Yeah, but it knows what that is. Too. That. We know what the, it, the ECU knows what that is. But usually what I'm saying is there's parameters based on what the hardware can do. They're not going to write the code parameters or the parameters for the tune outside of what the physical hardware can do. Yeah, but the I only could, reason you what need are you doing to use then aftermarket you, software is when you're going beyond the hardware capabilities. No, but I'm I'm already telling the computer I have more boost. So if right. I if I okay, well, do you also have more fuel now? 
if the computer says, yeah, add more fuel. Just think, okay, like, well, for you example. you have the fuel pressure regulator and the fuel pump to sustain that? And also the injectors that are correct size. Yeah, but the, the, the ECU just goes, sorry, this is out of spec. And right, it just and goes that's the, what it's doing. Nah, but it's it's even even if it could, uh-huh. even if it could add the more fuel. Yeah. It goes, no, no, right. this is way yeah. too much. This is, it's because, check engine you know, light. Yes. Do you know yeah. why that is? Because usually that's indicative, 99.99% of the time, that's indicative of, of a, a mechanical failure. problem. Of a failure. Not of, of a modification. Yeah, but instead of paying a guy $800 <laughs> to tune my car, uh-huh. there should just be a like, just let the ECU do its thing. And like, I know have, what you're I, saying, but there's no. No, but that's, no. Not, that's not how but any of this no. works. No. You have anything else to say? Not really. Fix your damn wiring. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll yeah. get to it. I ordered the stuff. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll try and do it before do I leave. Do you know my... that your wife is chatting me on the side and she's like, please come up here. What can I make you for dinner to bribe you? Please come fix it. And what did you say? Fuck off. That's what you said. I didn't. They did not say. Why that. have you not come over? You're clearly not worried. <laughs> not if you're not. If you're not worried. House. Hey, if you're not worried, I'm a good. Would you consider me a good friend? Yes, you are. Okay. Why haven't you come up to help me fix it? If you're this concerned, if you think it is, you know, it, I'm not this concerned. Dire, I'm this frustrated that you defend it. That's what it is. Oh, it's okay. wrong, and you know it's wrong. But yeah, for whatever reason, you're defending. I don't. Well, it doesn't I don't matter. Care that it's, it's wrong. not a big deal. I don't care that it's wrong. Okay, I feel like before you were like, it's fine. It is fine. It's fine. But now that you know it's incorrect, you are going to fix it. Yes. Good. Yeah. Even though I don't I'm, think I need to. I'm happy with that. I just want to be clear with that. Although I do want to say, if you thought it was a serious an issue, you would have been over at my house fixing it for me already. Yeah. Which know. makes me think you're being disingenuous. Only slightly. And you are too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to do something over here. All right, guys. We have uh, next week, we're going to talk a little bit of Formula One. I'm excited. Or on Friday. Yep. So I'm excited for that episode. But for now, that's it. We will see you guys next time. Take care.